Hello, listeners and fellow explorers. This is Living in the Sprawl's lovely and talented producer-slash-wife, Lisa Steinberg. I wanted to thank all of you for your continuous support of the show. As a new podcast on the scene, John and I self-support the logistics and research that go into the show. The number one way to support the show is to rate, review, and share this podcast with everyone you know. Many of you have been doing this, and it has helped immensely. I also invite you to check out our website and the show notes for other ways to support the show. We are currently working with companies we currently use ourselves to get discount codes for our listeners and support the show in the process. These companies include Every Table, Just CBD Store, Gold Belly, Cats Botanicals, and so much more. By using the links on our website, you are letting them know we sent you and in turn supporting the show. You can also support us on Patreon and Podfan. Please check out the website at livinginthesprawlpodcast.com for updates on companies we are working with, our testimonies, links, codes, and new Living in the Sprawl merchandise. Again, thank you to all of you, our lovely listeners, for tuning in every week and allowing us to do what we love. Without further ado, your humble correspondent, John Steinberg. Hello, and welcome to another installment of Living in the Sprawl, Southern California's most adventurous podcast. I am, as always, your humble correspondent and host. My name is John Steinberg, and sitting alongside me, my better half, is the lovely and extraordinarily talented producer slash wife. Her name is Lisa Steinberg. We are the team here at Sprawl Enterprises, ready to bring you yet another foray into the wide, expansive world, exciting world, that we lovingly refer to as the Sprawl. How to get the most out of it, what to do, the history of the region, great places to eat. We tell you what's what when it comes to the area between Paso Robles in the north and Imperial Beach all the way to the south. Today's show is near and dear to my heart. We're going to be talking music festivals on the program today, fixing our gaze on what we believe are the 10 can't-miss music festivals that take place within our bounds on an annual basis. Like many Americans, many members of the world community at large, I used to gear my entire calendar around concerts. For my entire adolescence, my teenage years, into my 20s and beyond, all of my superfluous income and time were spent on live music. I was 14 the first time I went to a show, having secured tickets to the benefit for deceased social distortion guitarist Dennis Dinell through a radio contest on K-Rock. I listened to the Furious Five at Nine, decided to call the station, was able to recount the aforementioned Furious Five, and I was awarded tickets to the show starring Social Distortion, Offspring, Pennywise, TSOL, and The Adolescents. And it was there that I fell in love. I fell in love with concert going, live music, that communal experience. There's really nothing like the sound of an entire arena or amphitheater or even stadium when tens of thousands of people are simultaneously singing the same song. I look for certain moments. I refer to them as prime time. 
I was in the stands for the first summer sanitarium tour in 2001 at the Memorial Coliseum in Los Angeles when Metallica began the opening salvo to their iconic metal anthem one. Behind me, a pair of fans applauded the instrumentals and I got to hear something that would prove pivotal as I was to go about the rest of my life. One of the gentlemen said to his friend, Hey, Metallica, Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, they're playing one. This is prime time. And so it was, and so it went. I'm not the only one, obviously, who loves concerts. And indeed, the modern festival has become the event du jour when it comes to live music. I used to go to the OzFest, the Warp Tour, most importantly, the K-Rock Weenie Roast, and then these large-scale music festivals came and kind of swallowed all of them up, combined all of these genres of music into one three-day event. So rather than uh, get down about it or lament what was and what might have been, let's look forward. Let's keep our eyes on the prize. The prize in this case being our favorite 10 music festivals that take place within our purview. So we're going to begin at number 10 with the K-Rock Acoustic Christmas. Uh, this is a show I've been to seven different times. It takes place annually in the Los Angeles area. Many people are thrown off by the word acoustic. It really has no bearing on the situation. The music is decidedly far from being acoustic. K-Rock, probably the world's foremost rock music station, puts on the annual shindig, which boasts a bumper crop of the era's finest in alternative music. It's one of those concerts where a band will play for, let's say, half an hour, and then rather than wait another half an hour for the roadies to come on stage and take the equipment off, replacing it with uh, new speakers and amplifiers, the stage does a 360, and the next act begins almost immediately. I've seen everyone from the first live Audio Slave performance here, Lincoln Park on at least five of those seven occasions, Gnarls Barkley, Foo Fighters, Smashing Pumpkins, all of the, no doubt, all of the expected names that uh, you'd hear in any conversation about the last 30 years of rock and roll. But I have to say, when I was studying the history of the show, I went, oh my goodness, 1995, I wish the nine-year-old version of me was cognizant of the event because I could have seen a truly amazing concert in Rage Against the Machine, Sublime, a bunch of my all-time favorites all gathered under one roof. I was worried the event no longer took place. Indeed it does, and it'll be back in December of 2022. At number 10, it's the K-Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas. At number 9, let's get a little bit weird. Nocturnal Wonderland. This trance, electronic... I feel like trance is a bit of a slur. Not sure about that. In any event, this festival, staged inside the Inland Empire, every summer brings to bear some of the biggest names in electronica. EDC is held in Las Vegas. 
there may or may not be another event in this vein that we mention a little bit down the road on this episode. But if you're a fan of electronic music and you can stomach the drive out to the desolation of the San Bernardino desert area, this is a great spot to check in with luminaries from all spectrums of EDM. Not a lot of sleeping going on. I'm not sure how interested people are in eating at this event, but one thing's for sure, you will absolutely hear the sound of a beat drop at Nocturnal Wonderland. And number eight, the Hard Summer Hard Day of the Dead Festival. I decided to combine both of these into one entry. Hard Summer takes place in the, well, summer, with the other event being staged around Halloween. The Hard franchise traditionally combines EDM, dance, music, with R&B, hip-hop, so as to offer a truly memorable experience for all involved. On my trip to the Hard Day of the Dead Festival, uh, I got to see a performance from Skrillex featuring a bevy of dancers clad in Jack the Skeleton costumes all rocking out to Bangarang. The Weeknd has played this event, 2 Chains has been in the mix, Ice Cube, and then of course the biggest names in EDM. This one usually, or at least the Day of the Dead event, usually takes place at the Los Angeles State Historic Park, pretty close to Chinatown and the Lincoln Heights area. So a great idea for an experience would be get yourself a meal at Grand Central Market before heading to the show. It's going to get weird. It's going to get wild. And when you're young and you think that life goes on indefinitely, what could be better? It's the Hard Summer, Hard Day of the Dead festivals on our list. Number seven, the Doheny Days slash Ohana Festival in Dana Point. This pair of events have grown and just continue to grow in the decades since I first heard about the event. What once was a sort of quaint novelty concert which would usually feature one of the lesser-known Marleys, is now a verifiable behemoth. The lineup for this year's Ohana Festival features Stevie Nicks, Pink, Eddie Vedder, who's at most of these, St. Vincent. The caliber of acts has dramatically risen from, oh, let's go ahead and say one of the Marleys you are less familiar with, and the Cottonmouth Kings. Set in picturesque Dana Point, no matter whether you adore the acts on the bill or you wish we could go back to the days of the Lesser Marley Clan and Cottonmouth Kings, you will be entranced by the gorgeous background for the festival in one of the most objectively gorgeous festivals in the world, in the country, on planet Earth. Get yourself to Doheny Days or the Ohana Music Festival in Dana Point. And number six... Power 106's Powerhouse. Full admission, uh, I was not sure if this event was still a thing 
But after some careful consultation, I learned that in fact it is, and as such, it definitely merits inclusion on any list of the signature music festivals to be held inside Southern California. Southern California, as we discussed in our episode on the best musicians to ever emerge from our ranks, is as we told you, probably the most fertile ground for amazing rap artists in the world. And this means a disproportionate amount of attention and admiration is heaped on the local hip-hop radio station. In this case, Power 106. Even though Big Boy and a playlist featuring Rough Riders Anthem, that's a thing of the past. And this event still sparkles with the kind of massive star wattage you could only get in a place like the Los Angeles metropolitan area. The year that I went, saw performances from Wiz Khalifa, Jennifer Lopez. Folks like Kanye West and Jay-Z have performed at the event. The most notable figures in the world of hip-hop, they are always at Powerhouse. Now, this one is not on the order, I think if we're being fair, of, say, Summer Jam, but it's close. And though the venues have flip-flopped, and I believe the current powerhouse is scheduled to be held at the Five Points Amphitheater in Irvine, the event is still a gigantic, bold-faced entry on anyone's annual Southern California concert calendar. So we have to mention Power 106's powerhouse on this, our comprehensive guide to the can't-miss concerts held annually within the bounds of the sprawl. And number five, Wango Tango, courtesy of KISS 102.7. This summer shindig has been staged all across Los Angeles County since the early days of its existence in the late 90s. For the uninitiated, KISS 102.7 is the pop radio station to end all other pop radio stations. And that means that every year, Wango Tango is able to boast of a lineup featuring the most glamorous names from the world of pop. If you go through a list of the acts that are performed at the event, it's a who's who rogues gallery of artists that your 12-year-old sister used to really like. In sync, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, 98 Degrees... But it's not just that. Let's go ahead and be fair. The year that I went, I actually got to see Paramore, B.O.B., Tiesto. As the years have gone on and festivals have gained tremendous viability in the cultural landscape, Wango Tango had no choice but to also evolve. So now it's not just boy bands or pop divas but the festival incorporates a whole host of genres as well. Ryan Seacrest is most likely going to be there as the host. You're probably going to get a cameo from, again, someone you might faintly remember, if you're on the young side, your older sister idolizing on MTV's Total Request Live. But Wango Tango is without question the place for pop within the purview of this podcast. 
And for those that might think, oh no, Backstreet Boys and Sync, 98 Degrees, oh, that sounds like a horror show. Your significant other will remember your sacrifice and thank you down the road. It has to be discussed for better or for worse. It's Wango Tango from Kiss FM. At number four, the Stagecoach Music Festival held annually as kind of a companion to Coachella in the Coachella Valley at the Empire Polo Fields. This preeminent country festival, which has been around since 2007, is a place for country fans to gather to frolic and to celebrate the genre they love so, so much. Stagecoach has featured the likes of Carrie Underwood, Miranda Lambert, George Strait, kind of anyone and everyone that has a modicum of country associated with their musical catalog. The event, which annually draws in crowds in excess of 75,000, is definitely a can't-miss for country fans, And it's not just the super twangy, mega-popular country that pervades contemporary country radio. There's also acts that verge on bluegrass and folk. There will be beer. There will be hot dogs. You will see 10,000 cowboy hats and hear grown women with grandchildren holler like they're 17 years old again. And it's all going to happen at the Stagecoach Music Festival in Indio. And number three, the Cabo slash San Diego Street Scene Festival. I know the street scene doesn't really exist anymore, but I thought the Cabo Festival was kind of a spiritual cousin, and the event deserved at least a shout-out. This festival which takes place in the latter days of summer in San Diego, began its life in 2016. Acts as diverse as Katy Perry and Aerosmith have tossed their hats in with festival organizers who believe that San Diego County deserves a proper and true music festival so as to better compete with the proliferation of entries from Los Angeles to the north. The street scene used to feature people like Snoop Dogg and Jurassic 5, and it would take place in San Diego during the summer. But Kaboo, which I believe is the youngest entry of any festival on the list, has tremendous promise. Hopefully, it'll be around for decades to come. Again, another challenge in assembling this episode was going, oh, well, surely the FYF Fest should be on here. Oh, wait, that doesn't exist anymore, so we can't in good conscience discuss it. For our San Diego residents, Cabo is a great place for live music and a phenomenal time. And to be honest, San Diego is blessed with an unusually high degree of elite level acts that play at the county fair every single year. I saw Kendrick Lamar at the San Diego County Fair. So, Kabo, the best music festival San Diego has to offer. And number two, the Kiss FM 102.7 Jingle Ball. 
What was once a Los Angeles exclusive was so outrageously popular that iHeartRadio had no choice but to broaden the experience to turn the Jingle Ball into an annual winter tour. But the Jingle Ball can trace its roots right back to Southern California. The winter companion to Wango Tango features the very best from the world of pop, This is where you'll see your Justin Bieber's, your Taylor Swift's, the year that I went, Shawn Mendes, Camila Cabello, Cardi B, G-Eazy. So it's not just, as was discussed when we touched upon Wango Tango, it's not just your traditional boy bands and pop divas any longer. They will still definitely be on the bill, but changes in music preference have forced hip-hop on the bill, some lighter rock fare, maybe even a country artist will pop on from time to time. And this show was actually mentioned, or it was kind of the driving force for the girls on Girls 5 Eva, a show that Lisa and I love on Peacock, to reunite so that they can hopefully get a place at the table on the bill at the Jingle Ball. It's two nights. It's in December. If you're a pop fan, you don't even have to look at the bill. You'll probably be happy with the lineup. And you know what? I had a wonderful time when I went. So I can tell you personally, it is a fun festival for young and old fans alike. The Jingle Ball from KISS FM. All right, now we've arrived at our number one slot. The answer isn't a surprise altogether. The number one spot on our list of the can't-miss music festivals held inside the Southern California Sprawl is, of course, the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival, staged in Indio, California, like Stagecoach at the Empire Polo Fields. What was once a burgeoning idea has morphed into something of a global monolith. Coachella is not only the signature music festival in Southern California, it's, I believe, inarguably now, the signature music festival in the United States. Initially, developers of the festival hitched their wagon to the back of acts like Beck, my favorite all-time band, Rage Against the Machine. That's who headlined the first incarnation of Coachella before the turn of the century. 20-some-odd years later, the event is now staged over two weekends every April, and 250,000, let me just say, I guess, a quarter of a million people flock to the desert to see the best, the most popular acts in all genres of music. Uh, There's not a whole lot about Coachella that I can tell you that you perhaps don't already know. The year I went, Outkast headlined. It's actually the, the whole Coachella experience is actually the climax of my memoir. It was a pretty memorable and a great and not great way, my experience there. And if you want to know what's possible, here was the lineup on Sunday, the final day, uh, the year that I went. Chance the Rapper, who pulled Justin Bieber uh, on stage, 
his set was followed by The Naked and The Famous, whose set was followed by Calvin Harris. He was followed by Beck, and Beck was followed by the great Arcade Fire. I'm kind of surprised that Coachella hasn't turned into a gigantic franchise a la the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because I could totally picture Coachella colon Europe taking place, or Coachella colon South America. This is what happened with Lollapalooza, and I think if not for the pandemic, we'd probably already be living in a world where that kind of thing exists. And even though from a distance, you may feel like it's a bit overhyped and uh, a bit trendy, etc. The truth is, you'll see things there that you can't see anywhere else. For example, I was touching the bar in the front of the grounds, like the post right in front of the stage uh, when Outkast performed. And uh, the person that I was with pointed out Prince in a hooded sweatshirt watching the performance off to the stage on the right side. And what we learned was that Prince had been scheduled to appear as a surprise guest at the festival. As it was, Buster Rhymes came out, and that was kind of a thrill for somebody who was born in 1986, Buster Rhymes in the flesh. I mean, that year, Jay-Z appeared as a special guest. There were a number of surprise acts who made an indelible impression. No matter how you feel about the festival, I don't think there's any debate. It is the signature concert that is annually on the Southern California calendar. And that's why it's here at our number one position. And that's going to do it for another episode of the program. We'd like to thank everyone for their continued support of the show. A couple of easy ways that you can demonstrate that support. First of them being hop on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you listen to the show. Leave us a five-star rating and a nice review. We would be enormously appreciative. Follow us on social media. Our Instagram handle is Living in the Sprawl Podcast. Drop us a line. We love to correspond with you, dear, beautiful listeners. And you can do that by writing us an email. The address is livinginthesprawlpodcast at gmail.com. would like to remind you about our Patreon account. It's there that you can hear exclusive content. We've done episodes about ice cream and pizza, burgers, pancakes, with much, much more to come. So sign up, subscribe, so that you can unlock that bonus content. On our website, our terrific website, we have merchandise, mugs, pens, magnets. If you want it, if you can think of it, and it's Living in the Sprawl related, our website is the place to snap it up. We'd also like to remind you about our Living in the Sprawl guide, our cheat sheet, so that you don't have to scour through old episodes of the show looking for specific recommendations. All you got to do is open up your guide and it'll be right there. So on behalf of myself, I am one half of Sprawl Enterprises. I am your humble correspondent and host. My name is John Steinberg. Joined as always by my better half, my lovely and immensely talented producer slash wife. Her name is Lisa Steinberg. 
Thank you again for joining us on another episode of Living in the Sprawl, Southern California's most adventurous podcast. Talk to you soon.